Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State, and I'm your host, Josh Raley. Thank you so much for tuning in for what is the final episode before the Wisconsin Archery Opener. Now, we've got uh, just a few days here when this one launches. I hope you are ready to go. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be sitting this one out, unfortunately. That's a little unusual for me. I, I usually try to get out there as soon as possible, but... But the way things are playing out this year, I won't be doing a ton of hunting in Wisconsin during the early season. I know I'll be getting out the last couple of days of September, first couple of days of October. Then I'm going to wait to hit the ground running come October 31st on through the middle of November. But either way, I'm fired up that a bunch of you will be getting out there this weekend. When you do go out, do me a favor, tag me in your pictures on Instagram so I can see what the listeners of this show are up to. I'll be living vicariously through you. Uh, as it were, over the next couple of, uh, of days and weeks as I kind of wait my turn to get out there into the woods. If you're not following the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast Instagram page already, go ahead and do that for me at the Wisconsin Sportsman. Uh, on Instagram, I do have a Facebook account. I'll be honest, I never go on there. So uh, if you want to if you want to get a hold of me, hit me up on Instagram. That's the best way to do that. Go ahead and drop us a review as well while you're at it. Give the show five stars if you can. Leave a written review also so others know that this is a show worth tuning into. Also, if you'd like to support this show, the number one thing that you can do is share these episodes with outdoors men and women that you know that you think might dig it. It's that time of the year when folks are sort of beginning to gobble up all the outdoor content that they can get their hands on. So it would really help us out if you would point other folks that you know in our direction. We've got a great show for you today. I caught up with my buddy Pierce Nellis of Good Chance Fly Fishing to talk about 2022 archery season preparation, products, and predictions. There's a lot of good info in here. We talk about how we feel about our preparation as far as scouting goes and shooting goes and all of that. Uh, We talk about what we're doing for archery practice to sort of keep at it, but not shoot so much that we make things worse or get, get ourselves all psyched out or whatever. We talk about gear prep. We talk about a specific buck that Pierce is going to be chasing uh, now for the third season in a row. We cover public land rutcation plans. We talk about new products that we're using for this year and uh, all kinds of other good stuff as well. We even talk a little bit about trout fishing at the beginning. So it's just a good conversation. Always good to catch up with Pierce whenever I get the chance. Before we launch into the episode, though, I do want to thank the brands that help me put this thing out each and every week. First up, Huntworth. Uh, Looks like the opener is going to be a steamy one with highs in the upper 70s. Not my favorite deer hunting conditions. Now, I won't be out in Wisconsin, but you can bet if I was, I would be rocking the Durham lightweight pants. They keep you cool. They're tough. They're durable. They've got just the right amount of stretch to them, and they're really, really comfortable. Also, the Fallon lightweight shirt, super comfortable. Keeps you nice and cool. 
Uh, and I'd probably throw in there the Winstead lightweight rain jacket uh, just in case. You know, have that in the pack. I love to hunt when we get a little bit of rain in the early season, maybe a slight drizzle or right after a slight rain whenever, you know, the rain's still kind of falling off the trees all around you. Love to be out in the woods during that time period, but don't necessarily want to be soaked. So, uh, yeah, the Winstead lightweight rain jacket is fantastic. Uh, if you're in the market for some cold weather gear, they also just launched the Heat Boost line. You can learn more about all of that good stuff over at HuntworthGear.com. Next up, Deer Lab. It's the number one app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab lets you take your trail camera data analysis to the next level with tons of features. One of my favorites is the heat map made using aggregate data to help you hone in on your target. Now, right now, you can get a 30-day free trial, no credit card required. Just head over to DeerLab.com to sign up. Then when you're ready to buy, use the code WISCONSIN, all caps, and that's going to save you 20% off of any of their plans. And finally, Tacticam, they are the title sponsor for this show and for my other podcast, the How to Hunt Deer podcast on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. They're a great company, great people. They have great products. You're familiar, I'm sure, by now with their Reveal cell cams. I'm rocking the Reveal X Gen 2 cameras this fall. Uh, picked up a couple of lock boxes for those as well as some of the rechargeable lithium battery packs and man my setup just feels complete and when i go in to change batteries i'm not messing around with double a's in the field i just pop one cartridge out pop a new cartridge in and i'm good to go and i don't have to worry about those cameras taking a walk uh, or ending up in the back of somebody else's pickup uh, because of those lock boxes on there keep them nice and secure Not only does Tacticam help you catch great trail camera data, but they also help you capture those memories in the field uh, while you're hunting to share with your buddies and to have for a lifetime with their 6.0 and Solo Extreme point of view cameras. If you're thinking about getting into filming your hunts, there's no better, simpler, cheaper way to start than with the Tacticam point of view cameras. You can find those at Tacticam.com and you can find more about their trail cameras over at RevealCellCam.com. Now let's talk 2022 archery season preparation products and prediction with Pierce Nellis. For this week's episode, I've got Pierce Nellis back on. What's up, Pierce? Not much, man. Just wrapping up trout season, getting ready for deer season. How about you? Oh, man, I wish I could say I was wrapping up trout fishing, but I haven't uh, I haven't fished for trout since the last time you and I got out. So Oh, that's bad. I, yeah, man, it's just gosh breaks my heart yeah it's it's been a sad it's been a sad summer man you know with with moving and like everything else that i've had going on i was sharing with you before we even got going i was like hunting season is here basically and all my stuff is literally scattered around my basement like i i don't even know what i'm doing at this point i'm i'm just trying to get all of my stuff in one spot so that i can at least take inventory before uh before i head out so Right, maybe put a bag together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's like I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. But anyway, that's all right. I'll get there. I'll make it. Uh, so tell me, tell me about about trout season, man. You've got what five weeks left? Yeah, just shy of five weeks now. I guess it's probably right now. Yeah, we're just over a month now. It's September 11th that we're recording this. Um, and yeah, we wrap up on October 15th. So kind of a weird patch of. Uh, high 60 degree fall weather this weekend, which has been kind of, kind of nice, but, um, yeah, it's been good. Our terrestrial bites been fantastic. Um, you know, still got a couple of days left open for those who want to, uh, get out and do some terrestrial fishing or hoppers are getting pretty big and juicy. And then as we get a little further into late September and 
early October, all the, the brown trout and the brook trout that we've got in our streams are going to start putting on that pre-spawn feed bag and start chasing some bigger streamers and stuff like that. So it's, it's a prime time of year to uh, be setting into some big fish. So I'm excited. Very excited. Heck Almost yeah, man. More excited for that. No, not more excited. I would say I'm more excited now that bow season's about to open up. Yeah. In less than a week. Then. I, yeah. no, I can't say more excited. I'm just excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about all of it. I'll take it all. Yep. Well, yep. dude, when it comes to like a, a summer, like spring and summer, right? Like you're guiding people and that kind of thing. How would you rate the spring and summer? I mean, you're, as you're looking at like closing the season down here in the next couple of weeks, like mm-hmm. has it been an average season? Would you say it was above average? I think it's been an above average season. We have had a lot of rain exactly when we need it. It's been just enough to not blow things out, but just keep filling up that water table and keeping the creeks high. Um, I guess not even high, but just keeping them at a, at a fishable level um, where, you know, there's plenty of biomass in there and fish are comfortable and happy and water temps really haven't been anything, you know, concerning outside of, uh, you know, there's like a week and a half, two weeks in July that things got a little toasty on some stretches. But for the most part, uh, creeks have been just stable year round. Fish have been happy. Everything's been fishing really well. Um but yeah, I mean, there, there is not necessarily a, you know, every season with, with trout, it's just different, you know, every, you know, each couple of months, you know, we have our, our hatches in the spring and then we start switching to terrestrials and there's a little bit of a lull probably around, I you should say like July is kind of a, basically you've got intersecting, uh, you know, sources of food where, you know, your, your hatches are starting to kind of taper off, but your terrestrial fishing is starting to take off, but nothing's really keyed in on anything. So you can kind of mix and match uh, throughout there for those months. But you know, once you start getting into August and September, those terrestrials really start being the uh, hot item on the menu, especially on a sunny, windy day. So, um, you know, and then like I, like I mentioned, late fall or late season, um, you know, starting to throw some streamers and all that for, uh, for those pre-spawn fish. Um, it's all just fun. It keeps it fresh, you know, different yeah. techniques throughout the year and all that. So, yeah. Dude, you yeah. caught you caught two tiger trout this year. I did. Yeah. That's I just nuts. got one last week. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, that one's the second one that I got there was uh just about twelve inches and I mean just colored up. Super, super colored up. Made a freaking hippie stomper, so it was <laughs> that was comical to watch him hit that hunk of foam. But um yeah, and then I was stripping him in and as I uh got him about a rod length away, he kind of like flashed on the surface. I was like, oh crap, tiger trout, tiger trout. You know, grabbed the net as fast as I could and all that. But yeah, I was going to say, all of a sudden, you're a lot more careful with the fish. Like, ah, yep. <laughs> got to make sure to <laughs> yes, land this one. Dude, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. cool, man. That's cool. You've been yeah. doing some foraging too, it looks like. Yeah, dude, my neighbors uh, cut down this ash tree back in June, I think it was. And, uh, that thing ever since they cut it down has just every time there's a rain and then a little tick up in uh, temperature, the oyster mushrooms just cover this stump and it's right on the edge of my yard, right out my kitchen window. So I don't even have to go out and check really. It's just like go down in the morning, like <laughs> grab a cup of coffee and look out the window. I'm like, Oh yeah, they're starting to grow. And 
and I got them dialed. I got a pile of those sitting on my uh, sitting on my back porch, drying nice. out after I rinse them off. It'll probably whip up tonight. So. Nice. How are you cooking yeah. them? Uh, I found kind of a cool recipe. Um, super, super easy. <laughs> it's actually a vegan recipe. Um, and it's just coconut milk and flour. Um, and then throw in whatever spices you want with that. Usually like garlic, salt, uh, pepper. I use the, the meat eater. Um, they're like fully flocked seasoning that they normally use for like birds and stuff like that. Um, tried that out. It's been good nice. all throughout, but yeah. I figured out with those guys, if you kind of thin out the batter a little bit, it doesn't glob on there, but rather just coats it, then throw those right in the oil. Whew. They get nice. crispy, they're not too gooey and greasy for you. So yeah, we're, that's the most, we're about it. <laughs> yeah, man, we're we're about at that time of year too, and you'll start finding some chicken of the woods. Have you have mm-hmm. you found any of that? I have not. Um I'm I'm kind of new to the mushroom game. Honestly, um, but I mean, I have, <laughs> I have yet to find any morels, um, in my free time. Or, I mean, you the, the pheasant back mushrooms. Um, I've, I've found a couple of those. I think it's pheasant back, pheasant tail or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, like looks like pheasant feathers or whatever. Almost. Yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. How do you, yeah, did you, yeah. did you eat those? I, I tried to, I think the one that I had, I was just so fired up that I actually found one. I was like, well, found it sweet. Gonna be good. But I think I was a fair bit past its prime. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've but, cooked, I've cooked several <laughs> and I have yet to find one in its prime. Uh, right. they, and they say they're edible, but it, they're not chewable. I'll tell you that. No, like, they may no, not, not they all. might not kill you, but they're not delicious at all. Uh, yeah. I forget what they like I was looking it up and I was like, what is this thing supposed to taste like? And I think everything I read is like, ah, it's going to smell and taste kind of like a watermelon rind. I was like, oh, great. Sounds delicious. It'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's ever excited about a watermelon rind. Nobody's like, no, yeah, I finally got past that red stuff and got to the green. (laughs) (laughs) Get into some real fiber here. Let's go. Oh man. I, I did get into some chicken of the woods last, uh, September trying to scout for acorns and nice. found a, some big clumps and dude, that was my first time and sliced it up and fried it like chicken nuggets. And it legitimately yep. tasted like chicken. Really? Yeah. I fooled my children. Like I gave it to my children <laughs> as chicken nuggets and they were like, dad, this is delicious. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Pierce, we are uh, right here at the end of trout season, at least getting pretty close to it. And one thing that that means is that the archery season is about a week away. We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, so we're we're literally less than a week from the archery opener. How you feeling heading into it? Feeling good, yeah, re- really good. You know, like I like I said, you know, we're just we got a full schedule here with uh, with fishing, so I haven't quite made the full mantle uh, transition into hunting season yet, but uh, definitely getting excited, been shooting the bow a lot. Um, got out, did the uh, that, uh, the beast mode archery challenge, uh, their king of the hill 3D shoot out at Tyrell Basin, uh, which if you haven't done that, uh, folks in Wisconsin or in that Madison area, I highly recommend it. They do an awesome job. Uh, super fun event. Um, so I did that, which was a really good time. Um, and then I'm you know, just doing a lot of backyard shooting other than that. So shooting wise, feeling, 
feeling all right. Some days better than others, you know, as it goes, but, uh, yeah, feeling pretty good in that respect. And then, um, you know, this is the first year I'm going to be saddle hunting. So I'm kind of trying to figure out, uh, that set up and all the nuts and bolts of that. And <laughs> have you, have can, you, have you feared like accidentally hanging yourself upside down yet? I have, I've come close. Um, you know, the thoughts <laughs> crossed my mind. Like the first time trying to, the thing with me right now is just trying to figure out how to get all my stuff up the tree. Yeah. And how many sticks do I need? Is it yep. a four stick system? Is it a three stick system? I know, you know you Google, you know, how to get, uh, you know, your sticks up the tree, saddle hunting or whatever. Um, and you know, everyone's one stick in it and they're like, Oh, what, three sticks. You're, you know, you're crazy. You get one stick. That's it. And then you get the, you know, the, the loop that comes down, you can climb up from there. And I'm not quite on that, uh, that level yet, but yeah, <laughs> feeling it out. Um, and, uh, just trying to get comfortable in it and practice shooting out of that. So yeah, yeah feeling good. Good man. Start bucks, What's that? Starting to see some bucks, um, you know, I have been for the past few weeks, which has been good. We've got uh, a couple of hard horns out there as of last week, I believe it was. Um, some trail cameras, or at least on our, our neighbor's trail cameras. Um, I'm in a uh, <clears throat> pretty good contact with, with those guys, and so I've uh, you know, received a couple shots there. I actually have yet to pull my SD cards yet, but that's going to be a this week projects so i know exactly what's going on you know probably night before or a couple nights before uh getting out there in the stand nice nice man i i've texted you a couple of times uh mm-hmm. with this exact topic in mind throughout mm-hmm. the summer but dude I, I like yeah i'm fired up about whitetails but i'm i'm finding myself still mourning the loss of of spring turkey season and i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's going on with me this year but it's like Man, I just can't – like, I went scouting the other day on a new piece of property, 30,000-acre piece of property, so gigantic piece, right? And mm-hmm. I'm trying out this e-bike uh, from a company called Lice or Lease Motors. I think it's Lice Motors, L-E-I-S, yeah. L-E-I-S-E Motors. Um, so I ride way back in there. I get to the spot that I had specifically selected for for deer. It's like this little thermal hub area. And mm-hmm. I get in there, and it's all, like, white oaks on this little ridge and I'm like, okay, let me get in here and see if there's any white oaks dropping. And only one of them was dropping. So not a lot of, of action, but I found a bunch of Turkey scratching and then like, boom, all of a sudden I'm totally distracted from whitetails. Like I'm not even thinking about like, where are they betting? I'm not even thinking like, Oh, I should get a camera on this or anything like that. I'm just like, Oh man, turkeys have been in here. I need to remember this for the spring. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Hey, I mean, we got fall season coming up still as well. You know, it's a little tougher and, but you know, if you can find where they're scratching, you know, I snuck up, didn't, didn't finish the job, but snuck up on uh, about a half dozen hens last fall that I could hear. I knew they would hang out in this little Oak flat on the South facing slope during the day and they'd scratch around. And I was uh, out, I think I was pulling trail cam cards actually. And uh, heard those guys, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to grab the gun and try and put a stock on them, because I could hear them scratching and leaves, you know, getting kicked around and all that. Sure. Um, didn't get the job done, but, you know, oh, can do it. Yeah. You can do it. Well, I, I've, been, I've been doing some reading uh, in some of Tom Kelly's books about uh, fall turkey hunting, and 
man, it sounds like a blast, but yeah, I'm still missing spring, but that's all right. So we're, we're transitioning to, to, to whitetail hunting officially. I'm making the announcement right now. I'm going to forget about turkeys <laughs> until the spring or at least until I fill my buck tag and then I, then I can move on to turkeys. But how are you yep. feeling? So you, you said you did a lot of, you've done a lot of shooting this summer. Uh, you went mm-hmm. and did the, well, the King of the Hill uh, shoot yep. or whatever. Did you change anything on your setup this year? I thought I think I remember you saying you changed some things up. I didn't really change anything on my setup. Um, I got my bow tuned for the first time in a few years, and uh, let me tell you, that made a huge difference. So uh, what? a little late in the game now. You're probably going to have a pretty long wait time if you're dropping your bow off at any shop uh, at the moment. But, um, yeah, I got that done back in June and July, which just, I mean – that alone, just confidence in your setup yeah. and you know, getting that bow to a point where it is just shooting darts. Um, you know, that just from a mental standpoint and again, that confidence in the gear, um, really got me fired up for, for fall. So I'm feeling pretty good in that sense. Um, <clears throat> I went through like in 2020 and 2021, I tried doing some sort of DIY upgrades and, you know, modifications to my arrow setup and stuff like that. But, I've, uh, I've solidified everything, locked it all in. I'm not going to screw with anything. I'm not going to buy new broadheads halfway through the season and all that. Uh, I say that now we'll check back in November, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, feeling good, feeling pretty good. Trying to get the target panic under control and all that. And yeah. Well, dude, what are you doing to fight target panic? Are you anything specific or just like trying to get a lot of reps? Uh, actually trying to get fewer reps. I think you and I actually texted about this. How like we almost feel more confident the less we shoot. Um, yep. <laughs> um, just cause you know, you, the, the less you shoot, the less fatigue you're going to experience and the less, uh, bad or the fewer bad habits you're going to, you know, establish, which is really what happened to me in 2020. Um, you know, stuck at home and all that. And I was like, well, I'm just going to shoot a bunch every single day. And then, well, I would shoot after, you know, half an hour, you know, start getting a little fatigued and start sort of dropping that front arm and all that, or raising a shoulder and screwing up my anchor point or pressing my nose into the string and, you know, just, just developing those bad habits. And then, uh, you know, you do those enough repetition will lock them in. Uh, yeah. So I've been, I've been really trying to do that. I spent most of the summer listening to, uh, you know, some of George Riles, um, and Joel Turner's, you know, target panic lectures and stuff like that, uh, which have been <clears throat> really helpful. Other than that, um, let's see here. I did a lot of just, you know, drawing back, keeping my finger completely off the trigger and just practicing holding my pin on the target and just doing that. And then doing some not blank bail shooting, but just really up close shooting where it's, you know, it's impossible for you to miss the bullseye pretty much. I'm, I'm talking shooting like five to 10 yards um, and just really, really focusing on, you know, sl- smooth, slow, uh, trigger pull and all that and avoid punching and all that. So I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. Um, you know, once a, there's a big buck in front of me, we'll see what happens, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll find out if it worked later. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah, will. that that's what I've been doing too. I've, I'm trying to shoot like three arrows, like three or four times a day. And, you know, I know there's, there's guys out there that are like, Oh, shoot a hundred arrows a day or 50 arrows a day. And it's like, man, I get it. And that's great if that works for you. But once I get on arrow number like 15 or 20, that's when I start to do stupid things. 
Like that's when all yep. of a sudden I draw back and I send one like six inches to the left of the whole target, you know, it flies mm-hmm. off into the lot behind my house. And it's like, where did that come from? You know, I, <laughs> I, I don't ever do that on my first, second or third shot, you know? So I, right. I want those high quality reps and fewer of them so that I'm number one, not getting tired, but number two, not freaking myself out mentally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, like yeah. for me, and, and I think it's probably this way for most people, archery is such a mental game and oh, yeah. I don't want to let myself get all in my head and start, you know, trying to tweak things because, you know, I use bad form or, or whatever. So I'm like now, well, and I need to move my side or blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but I've been shooting, um, the adjustable red dot site this, yeah, uh, this summer, that work? it's working really, really well. Um, a few things that have at first I shot it really well. And then I went through this time period where I wasn't shooting it really well. And, and what I noticed was um, I had just gotten super sloppy with my form. So with an adjustable red dot, you don't have to mm-hmm. put your, the, the string doesn't touch your mouth. You don't put your nose to the string or anything like that. You just draw back and, and look to, to your left and just shoot. Like you just line up the dot and there it is. And you just shoot the thing and it, and it's great. But what, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. But what I started doing was just getting super sloppy, you know, like I wasn't Uh like anchoring in different points, just all together, like not even anchoring consistently and that kind of stuff. So I had to kind of rein some of that back in. Uh, But that was good because I got to kind of push, you know, the, the, the length or push just how far I could go when it comes to form, which to me Mm -hmm. is really, really important because I rarely have had opportunities where I get a shot at a deer where I can have perfect form. You know, it's always right. the deer came out in the wrong spot or he's right below me. So I can't possibly yep. keep a good T form or he's, you know, directly out in front of me and I got a branch out in front of me that I got to deal with or whatever. So like, it's good for me to kind of push the limits of what I can do with my form. Like just how bad can my form be and still put the arrow where I want it to go. Yeah, And uh, yeah. that's really good. I, I have noticed, I don't think I would want to shoot this, this site um if i was trying to shoot dots you know way out to 60 70 yards or something like that uh i think for 3d i think it's fantastic um Mm -hmm. and i think for you know 40 yards and in it's it's fantastic for you know whatever you want to try to hit uh but i got a I got a chance to really stretch it out at my parents place out to you know 50 plus yards uh last weekend and man, it did really well. So I'm heading into season really confident in that thing and uh, really excited um, because it has helped me uh, do away with some of the target panic. Like I just don't feel the same, uh, I don't know, the same panicky, you know, I, I'm not as inclined to punch the trigger for some reason. Right. And it could just be that it's just different. And so I haven't built in that bad habit yet. It may come back. Right. I don't know. Like you right. said, that buck may step out in, uh, in, the, in November or whatever and man, as soon as that red dot touches brown, I just yank the trigger and it's it's over with, you know. But uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. What kind of release are you shooting? It is a, oh gosh, hold on. I guess like a an index release or your thumb. Button oh yeah, button no, it, it's an index release. I've not made the switch to the thumb button. I've got two different ones. Mm-hmm. I've got a true ball. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, and then a cobra that I'm shooting, and I think okay. the, the cobra is going to get my is going to get the nod for hunting season. The true ball, the wrist mm-hmm. strap, I just, it's just not comfortable for me. The way the little, there's a little plastic slide 
and it catches right at the corner of my wrist and it's super uncomfortable, but huh. uh, it'll, it'll go in the pack. I mean, it'll be like the yep. backup release, you know, right. Um, right. that I'm going to have in the pack. What about you? Uh, I've got a true ball, something, um, something or other, it was just an index release. Um, you know, aluminum leather strap, nothing crazy. Uh, pretty basic release, but just trying to get comfortable with that. And, uh, I didn't realize how important, um, actually, you know, taking a little Allen key and locking that release to the exact, you know, length and everything that so basically to the point where it doesn't get a half turn longer or a half turn shorter, um, or really even just have as much, uh, of, of like a loose feeling. I didn't even realize there was an Allen key on it until, uh, this year. And I locked that thing out with Oh my God, this thing is so much more solid. Yeah. Um, so that, that made a big difference for me. I was right before then I was like, God, do I switch to the thumb button and try and, you know, cause again, kind of like that, that red dot site, you know, it's just something different. Like yep. that I haven't developed any bad habits on. Um, so I was, I was real close to doing that. But then as soon as I tightened up a few of those screws, um, I mean, it was it, it literally shot like a different release. So yeah. um, <clears throat> that kind of helped fix things there. With that red dot site, that you mentioned your anchor point. Is your anchor point like you? You still, just so I'm understanding, you still draw back and you're still anchoring like you normally would. And so then, my anchor point is actually different because I've got okay. a little bit longer. Um, there, the, the mounts are a little bit longer, so it's a little further away from my bow. Now okay. it sounds like, uh oh, that's not good because you're not you're not bringing the kisser button to the corner of your mouth. You're not touching the nose to your string and all that kind of stuff. But where I've adjusted now is I'm just bringing my, bringing the, like the cradle of my thumb and index finger fits right up underneath my jawbone. Yep. You know, and what that allows me to do now, instead of like turning my head over or like reaching my mouth out there to try to get on the string or anything like that and putting like weird face pressure or something on, I'm back up off of it my head is perfectly upright and uh, it, it's to me a lot more comfortable. Uh, now I know a lot of guys are probably going to say, Hey, well, if your bow fits you in the first place, you wouldn't be reaching. It's like, yeah, <laughs> go watch a hundred different hunting shows where they show a close up of the archer's face whenever he's about to take a shot. And you'll see that dude out there with his lips looking for the, looking for the, you know, the kisser button or trying to get his yeah. nose on the string or that kind of thing. Like yeah. it's, yeah, I get it. it Maybe in a perfect world that that wouldn't be the case, but mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen it happen a lot. And if you've got a good video of that not happening, please send it my way because I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen anybody not do that yet. So well, uh, right, and like you said too, I mean, you, you never know where that deer is going to come from. You can do as much you know planning as you can and set up perfectly off of a scrape or off of a rub or off this trail or wherever you're going to set up. You know the big buck always finds a way to do something goofy that, you know, contradicts what your plan was. That's right. Um, and so, you know, I, I remember two years ago I, I shot, I'm left-handed and I had a doe come in right underneath me from my left side. And I ended up cranking clear around to the point where my right knee was actually on like the, the main platform of my stand. And I was just mm-hmm. totally cranked around to my left side and you know, ended up, smoking the deer, but it was just like, in hindsight, I was like, I should have just waited until that thing got out to the point where I could use good form. Yeah. It actually established an anchor point and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that red dot or red dot site? Um, have you tried that in like low light? 
yeah. dusk and dawn, anything like that. But yeah, still. so it, it's got 11 different brightness settings on it. And so if it's like dusk and dawn, you can set it to one or two. And you can, mm-hmm. I mean, you can get that light really dim. But I can also go outside in like the middle of the day, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, sun almost straight overhead, super yep. bright, and shoot it just fine. You crank that sucker up to 11, and you're good to go. That's sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty good. I, I'm looking forward to using it in the in the timber this year. It's one of the mm-hmm. things that I love about it. It's a lot cleaner, um, like, line of sight. I've yep. always hated a peep sight. Like, ever since I started shooting archery, I've hated a peep sight. And I've thought mm-hmm. about different ways to get around it. So I've thought about the easy V sight, which a lot of people love. Um, I even found there's there's one sight that looks almost like uh, iron sights on a rifle that you can use yeah. for, for archery hunting. And um, I forget what it's called. I can't remember it, but I almost pulled the trigger on one of those. But when I found the red dot, I was like, yeah, this is, this is legit. Mm-hmm. So, um, what company yeah. makes that red dot again? It, the company is called, it, it's adjustable red dot. That's their, that's oh, their, yep, that's their company name. And what they actually manufacture is the mount itself. So the, the actual site is made by, oh gosh. I can't even remember the name of the company, but they're made for pistols. Um, okay. And so they're, and they're, they're made to take just a beating. Um, gotcha. So the, but the, the actual adjustable part and the mounting system to get it onto the bow, that's what adjustable red dot makes. And huh. yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty legit. I've, I've talked to a couple of other people that have shot them as well. And everybody, everybody seems to dig them. Mm-hmm. So, but huh. yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk. What's that? You're playing the saddle hunt again this year, right? Oh yeah, I'm definitely saddle hunting again this year. Um, last year I made the commitment to one stick all year long. So you're talking about people who were like, "Oh, you got a one stick." Yeah. I I wanted to do that, so I did all year last year. Uh, I I did not have a single hunt that I took multiple sticks in. This year I think I'm going back to the three sticks. Um, okay. Depending on where I'm where I'm going because a lot of the places where I'm hunting, especially in Wisconsin, uh, tend to have really small trees and, mm-hmm. or, or there, there's a lot of lean to them. Yep. And I have found for me personally, if a tree has a lot of lean or if a tree is really, really small, it's really tough to one stick because you can't get the leverage that you need to get yourself kind of off the tree to get positioned, to move that thing up. You're just kind of hanging there. Uh, by your rope. And, and I mean, I got good at it. I, I, like I said, I committed and used it all year last year, Sure, but for me, it's just, it's not worth the savings of weight. Like I'm not a, I'm not an ounce counter kind of guy. And honestly, once you've got a single stick, that's got a wide step, wide fixed steps on there and everything, Mm -hmm. really, you're not saving that much bulk either. Right. Right. And then, you know, once you get there, you got to climb the tree and it's, it can be, it can be challenging depending on the kind of tree that you're trying to get in. So, right. How high up were you able to get with that one stick? Oh, on God, average? man, as high as you want to. I, okay. I, I'm the kind of guy I, I climb to first cover. Like as soon as yep. I get to where, you know, from my legs up, I'm in the cover of the tree, but I can still shoot well. Like that's where yep. I want to be. I don't want to be any higher. Yep. I don't, I don't like heights. Um, yeah. I never, I've never liked heights, you know? Um, I'll do it for deer hunting, but that's about it. So, 
Um, but but with the with the one stick, I mean, you can get as high as you want to. I mean, I've hunted some pine trees back home, and you know, you can get you could climb to 30, 40, 50 feet, however high you want to get. Sure. Uh, but I usually try to get to around 15, 16 foot. Yep. And for, that seems to be playing. I've not had a deer just walk out and look up at me. Right. You know, right. Uh, but I think, I think that cover piece is, is the most important piece. Mm-hmm. So what, I are, agree. what kind of sticks did you get? I've got the Hawk helium 20 inch stick. Um, so I'm still, they're getting comfortable with them. I mean, they're, I've been impressed with them so far. Um, I haven't had the suction cups blow out on me yet, which is like every, every review that I've read on it, you know, there's at least a handful of people who are like, Oh, the suction cups are garbage. Like don't buy this junk. And I think I, t- I think I even text you that like, ah, I think they had some trouble with the suction cups. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I don't know if that's still an issue. If that was on the, I think they had 30 inch sticks or something like that. And these are the, the 20 inch one or maybe they're 24 inch sticks that they issued. Um, I'm not sure, but yeah, I um, think they fixed that pretty quick. Yep. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find, you'll find out soon enough anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, again, I'll uh, make a note to check in on that in November and see what's going on. Yeah. Those, um, those Hawk sticks are hard to beat for the price though, man. Yes, they are. That was kind of my, my deciding factor. You know, I ended up actually just getting a gift card for my birthday to, to Dick's and, all that. So like, well, these are the only ones I got. I need them. So yeah. Pull the trigger. Yeah. Nice. Nice. They pack up really well. Very well. Yeah. Very, very well. Yeah. I've been impressed with that so far. I just got to figure out, I got to figure out my actual pack situation this year. Um, and how I'm going to get those sticks, uh, and a platform in and out of the woods with me. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point-of-view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. Their gear is made for outdoorsmen by outdoorsmen. Archery openers are just around the corner, and Tacticam has just released several new products to help you share your hunt and take your scouting to the next level. Topping the list is their 6.0 point-of-view camera, providing 4K footage and a user-friendly waterproof package. They've also just released the new Solo Extreme, giving you HD footage, 3 to 8x zoom, and one-touch operation. And Tacticam's lineup of of point-of-view cameras is supported by the best mounts and adapters on the market. This fall, I'll be using their Bose stabilizer mount, as well as their bendy clamp mount to make sure my cameras don't miss any of the action. And last but not least, Tacticam just launched the Reveal X Pro. With no visible flash, built-in LCD screen, and built-in GPS tracking, the Reveal X Pro will help you take your scouting to the next level. You can learn more about these and Tacticam's entire line of products at Tacticam.com or RevealCellCam.com. This episode is also brought to you by DeerLab, the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. DeerLab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. DeerLab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them, deer, turkeys, people, whatever. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target. And you can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a great feature if you're like me and you occasionally forget to set the correct time on your camera. Head over to DeerLab.com to check them out. You can get a free trial on there for 30 days. And then when you're ready to buy, use the code Wisconsin at checkout for 20% off of any plan. Now let's get back to the show. Just so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you, are you the kind of guy that carries a lot of extra stuff? Like, do you no. pack in a lot of stuff or are you, are you super minimal? Like I didn't even bring a water bottle. 
I'm I'm pretty much that minerable or uh, that minimalist. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, full disclosure, I'm sponsored by Huntworth, right? Like, yep. they they yep. they pay me. I advertise their products. Mm-hmm. Their Lodi pack and their Hickory pack are the best whitetail packs that I've used. I have been looking at those. Hands down, they're the best ones. They are now. I use the Lodi a lot earlier in the summer, mm-hmm. just packing stuff in and out, scouting, packing it up and carrying it around just to see how it carried the stuff. Because the Hickory pack, I was like, oh, that's a late season pack because it's a little bit bigger and it's got the suspension system on there. So it's like, you know, when I really yeah, need to load it down, right? what's that? It's got those, you just had something on uh, your Instagram with that pack, didn't you, with the pockets on the hip strap and it's more of a, a heavier duty, you know, full backpacking kind of a, kind of a pack, right? Yep. yep. It's the full yeah. thing. But I took that with me the other day when I was scouting and, um, had a bunch of trail cameras in it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be my early season pack too. Like, I, okay. I think that's going to be my all around pack because, uh, it just carries so nice on your back. And even though mm-hmm. it's that much bigger than the load eye pack, it's still, um, it's still only three pounds. Right. So, and it seems pretty low profile too. Like it's not like it's hanging way out, you know, like out away from your body. Like everything seems like it's still pretty stacked up. It is. You know, and tight body so it doesn't swing around too much. Yep. Yep. And I, I biked in. So the other day when I was, uh, when I was scouting, I biked in, I went in a little bit over three miles, which doesn't sound very far on a bike, but man, it was some rugged terrain, like super. Yeah, so when you're not on a trail, that's. <laughs> dude, it was, it was killer terrain. And just having that that pack off of my back a little bit was huge for like the the mm-hmm. staying cool factor. Um, yeah, you know, just not having not having sweat just dripping down my back the whole time I was out there. So um, right. it was really nice, man. I I would highly recommend one. I mean, the Lodi is really nice too. Um, sure, but I think the Hickory is going to be my go to. Um, and I mean, I'm carrying camera equipment in with me, which yep. you saw during the spring how much of a cluster that can become really quickly when you're go back and look for that lens cover for you. (laughs) No, man, I'm I'm just going to buy a new one. The deer can have that one or the turkeys can have that one. Uh, maybe we'll find it next spring when we go back, but yeah. uh, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, man. So, uh, saddle wise, Mm -hmm. you're hunting out of a tethered, uh, mantis. Yeah. Have you gotten it dialed in and comfortable or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. I, I've been uh, slowly building out the kit. Um, I got the, the sticks first and then got my saddle and then uh, <clears throat> ordered uh, a lineman belt and a couple of pouches from Latitude Outdoors, um, which uh, they, those guys have been great to work with so far. Um, been really impressed with those products as well. Uh, and then I ended up ordering a tethered, actual tether rope, um, just kind of counting pennies and doing that. And so, uh, that actually arrived yesterday and I have yet to try that one out. So I've been, I've been getting it dialed in, um, as yeah. far as just like fit and comfortability for, uh, you know, hiking in and all that and getting up the tree. And again, like I said, mostly just been trying to figure out what my best uh, system is as far as getting all my sticks up the tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, dude, they have these little hooks, um, that are, gosh, I think I got them from Eastern Eastern Woods Outdoors, I think is mm-hmm. the name. They're these little clips that fit into your Molly loops. 
And if you tie like a little piece of paracord to your sticks, you can just loop that paracord into these little loops. They're little Kydex clips. And that's how, that's how I've, I've done it. And they're super handy. And those clips are super cheap, like very inexpensive. Just bookmark that, uh, Eastern Woods Outdoors yeah. page. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good, man. They got a lot of good stuff on there, too. So they, they have all kinds of stuff. But, all right, mm-hmm. let, let's pivot to scouting then. I, um, man, I've not had any, like, good scouting time in Wisconsin. I, I've, I've told you a couple times I've spread myself pretty thin. Uh, yep. Some things have fallen through with my South Carolina trip. I'm still going to go to South Carolina. It's just a matter of when at this point. Uh, Georgia is still on the list. It's 187 degrees in Georgia right now. So I probably, it's, it's so hot, dude. It's, it's just, it's miserable. Uh, but I don't don't have a lot of stuff going on in in Wisconsin. So I'm going to be relying a lot on historical data. What's your scouting been like in Wisconsin this year? Or have you, are you kind of just like, Hey, I'm, I'm banking on what I saw back in the, you know, winter and spring. I'm, uh, I haven't done a ton of it. What little scouting I've been doing, it's been, you know, driving, driving around, um, while I've been out for runs and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, while I've been on, on the water, um, that's kind of how it usually ends up going for me around this time of year. Um, just with the trout season and everything, trying to maximize that. Uh, I end up doing the majority of my scouting through, uh, through the windshield and, um, you know, if, if I'm lucky enough to get out and hike somewhere or, you know, check out some land, it's, you know, great. But for the most part, it's, it's just driving around. Um, you know, I'll, I'll run trail cams and everything too. I've had two of them sitting out for, um, geez, about a month now, uh, that I've, again, like I mentioned, I haven't pulled the cards on those yet. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not, really trying to blow up the woods or anything like that. Um, I, I just think my plan at least for early season is going to be just to, you know, start filling the freezer and, uh, take a doe down. I'm going to try and do that, uh, either opening weekend or that first week of the season just to get in there, uh, you know, get a deer on the ground. And then after that kind of let the woods rest a little bit, uh, at least on the, on, on my, my folks property, um, until, probably the end of October um, and then start hitting it pretty hard once the bucks get moving. And then, you know, I'll, I'll wrap up trout season and then probably focus on public land uh, for, for early October. But from a scouting standpoint, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty much trail cams and just what I'm seeing in day to day, day to day life. I've actually been seeing more turkeys in the past month or so i was texting you about i don't need you to bring that up right now man i just said earlier (laughs) i'm making the switch it's official i'm moving on yeah they're i mean they're out and about man i've seen a lot of a lot of groups of toms which Uh, have been been thinking hard about them reminiscing of uh spring mornings but yeah yeah flipping the switch as well um and yeah pretty much just focusing on that yeah so I think one thing that's super important here, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, is your hunting situation. So your folks have a property. It's a smaller property, but it's like it's the right couple of acres in the right neighborhood, right? So, you know, I think for for somebody like you, it's more important to say, hey, I've got some cameras out and I'm just letting them soak. 
you know, I'm just letting them do the intel gathering for me because I don't need to go in there and blow it up. Now, if you're right. hunting, if you're hunting a thousand acre chunk of public down the road, that's a whole different ball game. Like you want to be mm-hmm. in there scouting, you want to be in there figuring it out. But if you're hunting, exactly. if you're hunting that prime five acres, I think your best bet is just to leave that thing alone, especially if you've got yep. previous experience with it. Yep. Doing that. And I mean, over the years I've found that, uh, you know, our deer, we're on a five acre parcel, um, and our, our house and shed and everything's pretty much smack dab in the middle of it. So after the season in January and February and, you know, those really cold winter months, like we do end up getting deer in the backyard, just cruising through, maybe going to bump their head on a bird feeder to knock some feed loose and that kind of stuff. Like they, you know, it's a year round deal with them. Like they see us while we're out mowing the lawn, um, while we're out working in the garden, all that kind of stuff. So they're, they're very used to our presence. Um, and actually last year, I might've told you about this, uh, uh, while we were turkey hunting, but last year I was going in to hang a stand. It was late in the season, um, to be hanging a stand at least it was, you know, October. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm going to take a tractor up with me and access that way. We've got like a little tool tractor kind of, and, uh, I ended up taking that up into the woods up this path that, you know, we used to mow and stuff like that. And I just idled it down and let it run while I was hanging the stand. And I threw the, you know, my climbing sticks up and I was up there hanging off the tree, trying to put my platform on. And I had three does come by at 25 yards while with the tractor going going. while the tractor's at the base of the tree, like doing, so I think they're, you know, and I think that's the case for a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Wisconsin farmland and stuff is, yeah. you know, especially on those smaller parcels or the, the spots that are nestled up tight to timber and everything like that. Um, you know, I think the deer to an extent, they do kind of get used to human presence almost, you know, kind of similar to what you'd see in, in like a suburban, deer hunting setting where they, you know, they get into the forest preserves and stuff like that. Not that that's what we've got going out at our place by any means, but you know, they're used to that, that kind of traffic they're used to seeing the farm equipment. Um, you know, I know guys who will, you know, contact their, uh, if they're hunting on someone else's property and there's a farmer who rents it to, um, you know, for, for crops and stuff, he'll ask that farmer like, Hey, when are you going to go in on your combo? I'm like, can I just ride in with you and you know, I'll hike out, but, you know, I just want to sneak in there, you know, that's the best access they can get. Cause you know, yep. the deer hear that combine, they're going to lay low. I'm not going to think anything of it. He's got cover sound to get up into the tree as you know, recklessly as he wants to. And you know, it can kind of go from there, but yeah, so it's very different than, uh, you know, the public land strategy of, you know, trying to get in there and you know, being really cautious about, uh, you know, bumping deer and that kind of stuff. And you know, yeah, so it'll be, It'll be good. I'm excited. Um, definitely going to try and do a little bit more public land hunting this year. Um, we got a couple spots kind of in the southwest corner of the state that I'm pretty excited about. Pretty hilly terrain, um, little creek bottom, a lot of bluffs. So pretty stoked for that. And then hopefully you and I can get out uh, maybe southern part of the state as well. Yeah, man. On the season. Yeah. So let's let's shift gears then. So. You know, usually I'm trying to hit the ground running on opening day and I've got some a bunch of spots I want to try to get to before the acorns dry up or whatever. And with my hunting schedule as well as with my work schedule and different things, I'm not going to hunt Wisconsin 
really until my rutcation in November. And yep. I have put all of my eggs in the rutcation basket. So um, I hope that pans out. I hope it works. But you're taking a little rutcation too. So when are, when are you concentrating your hunting days? Based off of just past years, um, <clears throat> experience and trail cam intel and all that, I've had the most buck activity um, that last week of October. So my plan this year I think is going to be probably – I'm going to block out a handful of days. It's probably going to be October 27th to 30th or 31st. Um, that's just when we really see our bucks start to show in daylight um, on, a, on a consistent basis. Usually our does haven't quite popped yet. So they're, you know, the bucks are just kind of going crazy. They're ready to rock and uh, the does are still on their, their same normal pattern. So it's, it's a little bit easier um, especially on that, you know, that our little five acre parcel, um, to have trail cams out and just be kind of sitting and waiting. Um, and you know, we can, it's very, very evident, uh, where the trails are and are not on our property. So, uh, we've got a, a few trees that are just pretty dialed in and, you know, we don't really have bedding or anything like that on our property, but the whole thing is essentially a travel corridor, um, especially up on the, uh, I guess it's the southwest part of our little parcel. Um, it's just a big ridge top of timber, and then that transitions to kind of a, like a prairie grass, um, a little thicket in the middle of that, which usually holds a ton of deer. And then um, there's ag up on top of the hill above that. So that's kind of our um, little sweet spot where we've seen just a ton of, I mean, you got three different, you know, uh, that's what I'm looking for here. Uh, not environments, but you know, you got the timber, the prairie and the ag all combining in this one little triangle kind of. Yeah. So we're, you know, that's really, uh, been a, a spot where we've just seen a ton of deer over the years. And you know, we always see a ton of deer. We've got way too many deer out there. Um, uh, just, you know, I'm not complaining. Um, but yeah, usually, you know, and I guess I had, a back in 2020, we had a pretty sweet buck that had this kicker coming off of his left, uh, G2. And I saw, you know, he was consistent on our trail cams that last week of October and he showed up on, I think this is the 30th. Um, yeah, he's been there around the same time on like the October 24th, 26th and 27th. And then kind of went ghost, but then on that 30th in the morning when I was out there, um, you know, made his way up the hill through that timber, drew back on him. You know, did he jump the string? Was I set my pin a little high? Uh, you know, I'll take the take the rap for uh, the ladder of it. Um, but hit him high, got pretty poor arrow penetration. Um, had a broadhead that, or an expandable broadhead that didn't expand. Um, not going to name names, but uh, I'm sure you can guess. But <laughs> everyone um, knows. Had, had everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> But so I had that happen, only got, you know, three or four arrow, uh, inches of arrow penetration and, uh, you know, brought a, a tracking dog out the next day and you know, really rested the deer and, um, weren't able to recover him. We kicked him up with the dog actually. And he ran off, you know, totally chipper. And then last year, that same last week of October on the 26th, he was hitting the scrapes for three days in a row, um, out on our, you know, at, at our property. And, 
Lo and behold, on his left side, high up on his shoulder, he had a big scar, a big knot in his fur. So I was like, huh, that looks like the same deer. So I'm hoping he made it through the winter. It was a pretty, uh, pretty mild winter, but he's really the one that I'm trying to finish the story on right now. Um, that's kind of the reason for all the wait in the, uh, the last week of October there. Yeah, man. So your, your season isn't just built around that last week in October. It is built on like a specific buck. Uh, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to hold out for him? Like if you see, if you go in that first week about this a little while ago, (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm still, I'm still playing that, you know, uh, it's going to be, uh, now is there a right buck out there? I'm not, you don't know until you, until you see it. Right. Um, I've, you know, my, my, my goal for this season really is regardless um, of that buck or if it's just, another, another good buck. I'd like it to be that buck just so I can finish the story. But, um, I've, I've never shot a buck with a bow. I've never, never sealed the deal, um, with my bow, plenty of them with, uh, rifle during our our gun season, but have yet to do it uh, with archery equipment. So I'm, I'm holding to, you know, filling that goal or reaching that goal, uh, this season, whether if it's with that buck or another one. So, yeah. Very good. Well, hopefully you seal the deal, man. Hopefully, hopefully you get it done. And then that way you're done on like the 27th. And then I'm there October 31st through November 14th. And you can just come (laughs) along and we'll, we'll just, man, we'll just double team it. We'll see what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So your, your, uh, rotation then is going to be October, October 31st. Through well, I'm yeah. So I will be there October 31st through November 14th. Uh, I don't know at what point I will have to quit hunting on the 14th, but mm-hmm. at, at you know November 15th, I have to be back at work, back at home. You know, not not hunting on you know not on the ground hunting. So um, real life. What's that? Back to real life. Yeah, totally back to real life on the 15th. So whatever happens on the 14th, uh, whether I have time to scratch out a morning hunt that day or not, I will see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I've got about I've got about that two-week window. And I kind of talked to you about my scenario on this piece of public that I've been hunting for a couple of years now. And I, you know, really that last year, the 5th through the 12th was just dynamite on my trail cameras. The year before, it was like the 10th, 12th, and 14th, I think. each Well, the 4th, 10th, 12th, and 14th, I think. I had encounters with mature bucks in this area. So I know yep. this whole two weeks is just good, you know. Um, right. Whether or not I'll be able to make it happen is, a, is another story. I mean, that's where I shot my buck last year. Um, this year, I'm holding out for, for hopefully, I would love to be able to say, you know, I'm holding out for a Pope and Young class deer. Uh, sure. We'll see when I get there, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we'll see. I mean, one, you know, a 110-inch eight-pointer comes walking down the trail. I'm pretty positive I'm going to slip one through it or at least scare it real yeah. bad. You know, I'm, <laughs> it, it may not may not hit the ground, but I'm going to scare him real good. Um, sure. But, yeah, we'll see. And you're, you've got a couple other uh, – you're not planning on spending your entire – time on that parcel or how many days do you think you'll, you'll give that, that bit of public before you move on to another? Yeah. It depends on how it looks, man. So like two years ago, 
this spot was just destroyed with sign. I mean, a buck yep. had been in there rubbing all these trees, uh, was super aggressive. He had broken a lot of trees in half. Uh, he had <laughs> like literally 30 or 40 scrapes in a, you know, small area. I mean, it was just mm. mutilated. Last year, and, and I, I think that's the buck that I, that ended up coming in. Uh, he had gotten in a fight with another buck, chased that buck off. I grunted. He came storming in, had him at like six yards, and I couldn't get him. He was a super, super aggressive deer. Sure. Um, yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah, man, he was just just a, a, a bully, dude. I mean, just a tank. And when I, when I finally laid eyes on him, his face was just like white. I mean, just an old buck, yeah. just grizzled up. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> um, now, last year there wasn't nearly as much sign in there. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, there were several good bucks that, that I know made it through, um, made it through rifle season in this area. So sure. I'll be back in there and it really will depend on the sign. And if somebody else has stumbled into this area and has hunted it a lot. Um, gotcha. Two years ago, I saw no other hunter sign. Last year, I saw a decent bit of hunter sign but the action yep. was still really good. The deer were still in there. Um, but yeah, so we'll just have to see, uh, this year if, if it's flooded, there's a couple of other areas, you know, kind of like you said, uh, we talked about earlier a place farther South, uh, there's, mm -hmm. and then, you know, obviously a couple spots out in the Southwest portion of the state that I've been wanting to get out to, but I hadn't had a lot of reason to leave, uh, the area that I'd been hunting. You know, I've, I've always ascribed to don't leave deer to find deer. Uh, yeah. So if I'm on the deer, I'm going to stay put. And if I'm not on the deer, then I'm going to be moving pretty quick, especially if I'm not on deer and there's not a ton of sign in the area. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's even worse than it was right. last year, yeah. I'm moving on pretty quick. Yeah. But. And this bit of public, you and I have talked about it a, a, a decent bit. Um, does it seem pretty consistent? foot traffic, uh, you know, year round with turkey season and deer season or, um, it gets, uh, it gets an absolute boatload of pheasant pressure. Okay. It gets a lot of turkey pressure, a decent amount of turkey pressure, and it gets a ton of folks hiking, walking their dogs, all kinds okay. of stuff. So it, gotcha. it, there, there are people on this property quite a bit. Yep. And I've kind of been learning like how to access given the fact that these deer are used to people in certain spots mm -hmm. uh, and kind of learned how the deer avoid pheasant hunters and that kind of thing, or, you know, how they bed and, you know, when, when the pheasant pressure breaks out. So, um, yeah, so I, I think I've got it pretty dialed in, but like I said, I, I've not done a lot of scouting and I'm, I'm going to be basically banking on historical knowledge uh, sure. or, um, you know, just finding a new place to hunt and it'll just be fresh. Like, it'll just be like, well, where's the hot sign? And that's where I'm sitting. Yep. You know, absolutely. So are you thinking you're going to be, are you planning to be fairly aggressive with your, uh, with your setups and your approach and all that? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely. Well, I, I take that back. My first day on the ground, I am going to, uh, ease my way in. Uh, but as soon as I'm confirmed that the deer are there, I'm swinging for the fences. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I just need to confirm that the deer are, are around. And then as soon as I've confirmed that, <clears throat> you know, if the deer are still using the area like they have the last two seasons, 
then I'm swinging for the fences and I know exactly which tree I need to be in. Um, and the problem is it, it, it's a good feeling, but it's a crap tree. Like it's not a tree you want to be okay. in at all. It's right. full of limbs. It's going to be hard to get into. It's going to be hard to shoot out of, but it is the tree that you need to be in. And there are no other ones close by. So right. if you know, there, there is a really good tree that you can set up in. And I shot my buck out of that tree last year. The only problem is it's about 70 yards out of the game when it comes to a bulk of the deer movement. Gotcha. So, yeah. So we'll see. Do you see, so you mentioned seeing a lot of uh, other hunters sign. Do you see other hunter sign in that tree that um, you're talking about? Kind no. Of surrounding the area or? They're, yep. They're all surrounding the area. So they are, yeah. they're, they're back up in the better timber. Um, okay. They're not going down into the scrubby junk that, that I am. Now they've got trail cameras around in there. And uh-huh. I've got pictures and videos of people walking through there and like stopping and looking around and kind of like, Oh, you know, and, but that's about it. I actually had one guy walk through there last year and, uh, he stopped, looked at my camera, gave me a thumbs up and like a man, this place is awesome and turned around and walked out. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> so so if, if that guy's listening, thank you, bud. I appreciate you yeah. <laughs> noticing that I was hunting there and turning around and leaving. Cause the, he, he was never back on camera in there, you know, sure. but, but he clearly yeah. knew it was a good spot. And it was just kind of just gave me one of these like, yeah, buddy, it's a good spot, you know, yep. and, uh, yep. and moved on. So I really appreciate that. But, um, so, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see, but, yeah. oh man. So predictions for the year, how do how do you think it's going to go down? You think you're going to get a shot at that buck? I sure hope so, man. I, I have yet to see him and I, I don't see him. I know where he beds. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's off of our property and we really don't, you know, whether it be the neighbors or I, um, we really don't get any pictures of him. I think he's got a pretty tight home range. I think he's an older buck. He's probably four or five at this point. Um, just based off of his body size and shape. Um, but he, that stretch of timber that I was talking about, he sits, he beds right on the, uh, kind of a southwest facing slope of that um, in some some thicker pine trees and kind of scrub brush and all that. And then all he has to do is walk up probably 80 yards to get into some food um, right on the edge of the field and, you know, eat in this field or go downhill about 100 yards and he's got a creek bed down there. So he's, he's living large down there. He doesn't have any real reason to go anywhere because he beds just outside of this other big bedding area uh, or just down the hill from it really. Okay. Um, so, you know, really we only see him that, uh, you know, that last week of October in daylight, at least over, you know, on our end of the Ridge. Um, otherwise I think he grabs his does and he pulls them into his bedding area and then sits tight pretty much the, the remainder of the season. Wow. Um, I mean, I've seen, Last year, I remember uh, it was after, I think it was Thanksgiving morning, actually. But I remember seeing him and, like, three other bucks over in this, this thicket. And all I could see was their antlers flashing through the timber. And I was, I just reckon, I was like, yep, that's him. Uh-huh. And I'd already filled my rifle tag at that point, And, you know, he was, he was way off our property and all that. I just had my bow trying to fill that tag. And I was just like, well at least he's still around. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping since the, the winter wasn't too mild, um, 
I'm expecting to see a lot of deer this year. I really am. You know, we haven't, we haven't had any of the big freezes like we have, um, the past couple of years. Uh, again, we've been getting a lot of rain when we need it. This summer was super, super mild outside of that, like week and a half where it was in the nineties. Um, so, I mean, I, I think just all around, everything's doing really well. Um, you know, I've been seeing acorn or yeah, acorns, um, dropping already. Um, just all, all over the place. Um, you know, whether I be hiking, you know, just outside of Madison or in one of the preserves down there or, you know, on some public or while I'm fishing or anything like that. I was actually out yesterday and I kept thinking I heard a like fish rising, um, in this little run. And I was like, what the heck? And I hear like a little whoop and I whip my head around and there'd be a ripple in the middle of this run. Like, what the heck? And then I was watching it. I was like, I'm going to see when this fish rises so I can cast to him. And then I realized there was a big oak tree with a branch hanging over top of it. I was just dropping acorns oh. into the water. <laughs> that was what I heard. But, um, yeah, there, you know, acorns are dropping like crazy right now. Um, you know, I'm, you know, the crops are starting to change a little bit. It looks okay. like they're starting to dry out and mature. Um, you know, we've got a, a couple of cornfields and bean fields, uh, up above us this year is beans and, uh, out stuff the road from us is, is all corn and that's starting to turn brown. Um, so I don't think we'll have as early of a harvest as we did last year. Uh, I think I remember talking to you about that, asking whether or not you thought, you know, now that since I think crops are getting picked like the last, last week of September, if not the week before that. Um, and it just felt way too early for them to be yeah. picking corn and all that, but it was just such a dry summer that, they needed to do it. And yeah, I shot you a message asking whether or not we thought that that, that was going to disrupt uh, deer movement and stuff like that. If they were going to be keying in on those ag fields, now that the corn is down or, or not. And I didn't see a, a huge difference last year, but um, I, I think this year is going to be, I, I think a little bit more of a, I don't want to say textbook, but a little bit more of a traditional year. Um, based off of what I've been reading and stuff like that, I'm thinking we're, we're going to get hopefully a little bit more concentrated rut activity than we did last year. Um, last year, you know, do the moons have anything to do with it? I don't know. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I just go out and hunt. But, um, you know, it seemed like there was kind of those two waves of yeah. – uh, yep you know, activity, it wasn't really concentrated into those, you know, that three week window or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so from what I've been reading, uh, what I've been, you know, all the different, you know, rut reports and rut predictions and all that stuff that I've been, uh, you know, trying to do some research on, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a little bit more of a traditional concentration, um, you know, between that last week of October and first and second weeks of November. So I'm hoping for that. Um, you know, I'm hoping the temperatures kind of start to stabilize a little bit um, just because it's been, you know, like this weekend it's in the 60s and then tomorrow it's going to be 85 or something like that. So Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> if only this temperature drop was next weekend, we'd be in really good shape. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm feeling good going into the season. I think it'll be good. What about you? Yeah, man, I, gosh, I... Yeah, I, I'm just hoping for some more concentrated movement. I, I too, mm -hmm. so last year, you know, heard a lot of guys killed or were on bucks that last week of October, 
And then right before gun season, I saw a lot of rutting activity. I just showed you the video of that giant that was on that doe, um, you know, right day before gun season last year. And uh, the scrapes around where I was really fired back up or were, were pretty on fire right right there before gun season. So uh, I, sure. I hope I hope it fires up. I, I can't see – I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it. I think I'm going to have a great hunt that first uh, first two weeks of November. I'm not going to, I'm yeah. not going to call it, man. It's going to be a great hunt. I'm going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to hang out with some folks that I enjoy and I'm going to see some deer somewhere at some point. Absolutely. Got to manifest. Man. I, I, yeah. Other than that, I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to go that far, but well, Pierce, this, this is probably a good point for us to wrap it up. Where can folks find more from you? And if they want to get a hold of you to go fishing before season ends, where do they catch you? Uh, good chance fly fishing.com. Uh, otherwise if you're on Instagram, good chance fly fishing, um, is, uh, that's, that's my deal on there. Uh, like I said, we, we wrap up, uh, October 15th. Uh, I've got a couple days open, uh, in October yet, uh, as well as a couple in the last two weeks here of, uh, September. So if you want to get out, fish some good terrestrial, uh, action, some aggressive surface, uh, eats. That you don't have to be too delicate with and really slap those on the water so your casting doesn't have to be perfect um and then uh you know we can start swinging streamers and whatnot uh as we get a little bit later in the season but yeah we got a great fall ahead of us and i'm excited man sweet all right buddy well good luck this fall and uh i hope you get that deer yeah thanks josh i appreciate it good luck as well thanks buddy That's it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck to you if you're getting out this weekend. Going to be chasing deer around with some archery equipment. Like I said earlier, tag me in your photos if you're getting out. Want to see what all you're up to. And, uh, hey, if you get a good one on the ground, shoot me a message on Instagram. Let me know. We may have you come on the show and tell the story of how you got it done in the early season. want to say thanks to Pierce for coming back on the show. Looking forward to catching up with him a few more uh, times this fall. We've got some plans about... um, Maybe some bonus episode kind of stuff that we'll be doing. So look, really looking forward to that. But uh, also want to say thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Deer Lab. If you haven't already, go check those guys out. We really appreciate everything that they do for us here at the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast. So we really would like for you to go show them some love. Whether you're getting out this weekend, hunting or fishing or whatever you're doing, just make sure you're doing something outside to enjoy the incredible resource that is ours as Wisconsin Sportsman. Sportsman.